Greetings and welcome to another episode of Credo Podcast, the place where moral relativism comes to find out it is no match for Catholic truth. I'm Father Peter Deganzik. You know, every now and then something happens and it catches you a little bit off guard. And recently something like that kind of happened. I, I Normally I, I do things and, and I kind of know what to expect. But every now and then, you know as well as I do, things can happen and boom, you're just like completely shocked and surprised. Today's episode, I want to talk a little bit more about that. It's a little bit of a follow-up from last week's episode, but I want to go into a little bit more detail about some specific aspect of how we're basically being tortured by, by the culture. But first, let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God Almighty, I call upon you now to shed your blessings upon us. Let your Holy Spirit fill our hearts and our minds so that we may always grow ever closer to you in truth. We know that you are Lord, and therefore we submit ourselves completely to you, for you are the Lord forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So every now and then I'll just, you know, find one of these memes and throw it up on my Facebook page. And normally it gets a little bit of traction here or there. People might make a few comments here or there. I took one the other day that I posted and completely caught off guard by the reactions to it. And it's one of these basic simple things. It's a thing that just basically says um, things that Jesus never said. And it has a bunch of these cute little moral, to, moral relativistic pietisms that would be the proverbs of the current secular culture, such as listen to your heart, be true to yourself, trust your gut, feel good about who you are, happiness is what matters, just be a good person. Now, those are all nice little pithy statements, and I don't think they're inherently evil in themselves. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. And I wasn't posting it to try to downplay those kinds of things. There are people who, who certainly, they, you know, go ahead, listen to your heart. But the point of it was that in contrast to Jesus, so things Jesus never said, and it lists those six little points, things Jesus actually said. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, again, I just think that that's a nice little piety. I think it's a, a wonderful way of expressing that when we say we're Christian, we're not in the world, we're not of the world, and therefore these little pithy things from the world are basically out of bounds. They, we, you know, we, we can't necessarily rely on them. And again, at the heart of this meme is not to say that, you know, we, th that Jesus was not that kind of a person, just that when he demanded discipleship, he was very exacting. He was very, very specific. And a lot of the things he asks of his followers are not easy. It, it, they're not just whims that we, that we have to deal with. So anyhow, I put it out there and the reactions that I'm seeing, I, first off, very rarely do my posts get this kind of traction, but this one has already broken 32,000 reach um, 2,600 reactions, hundreds and hundreds of shares, 538 shares, which I never get that kind of traction. I mean, I'm just small potatoes compared to some of these bigger people, you know, your Scott Hans or your Taylor Marshalls who put things out there and they've got, you know, thousands and thousands of likes, like within five minutes. It, it, I don't ever see anything like that. This one, however, this one has really gained some traction. But here's what I want to say. Now, if you recall last week, I was talking a little bit about some of the problems that we have to deal with in the church today. And one of the big problems that we have to deal with in the church today is the fact that there are um, people who torture us if we don't agree with them. 
They'll do everything in their power to try to get us to agree with them or to agree with what their assessment is. And so the world desperately needs, desperately needs the church especially and her church leaders to buy into the lie, to buy into that lie that we can fix everything ourselves, that we are independent, that God is a nice idea but really isn't important. And those who have been really steeped in it are the ones especially who have leadership positions in our society. These are people who will basically try to, you know, reinvent morality and reinvent the, um, the social structure so that there is nothing definitive, that there is nothing real. And now it seems to me that it's reached a point where if you're the one who has a dissenting idea or a dissenting opinion, if you're the one who doesn't agree, in effect, you are beaten and, and abused to the point where it happens so much that all of a sudden you want to agree with them just to get them off your back. Just leave me alone. So fine. You know, two men can be married. Two women can be married. Oh, fine. A man can be a woman. Oh, oh don't, don't worry about that. You know, a lie is no, it, it's not such a bad thing. Again, it's one of those things where the abuse takes the form of fear and I think we forget sometimes how radical fear is. But, you know, even the fear of being canceled, of losing your job, of being, you know, uh, without income or, or having your family attacked or people showing up on your doorstep. And, and these things are happening to real people. I, I mean, even a Supreme Court justice wasn't safe for having an opinion. So I, I say these things because I think the fear is real. It's not the, the, the torture is there. It, it's, it's not something that I'm making up. And I think a lot of believers are feeling that way. There are a few brave ones out there who will try to speak the truth and who will do their best. I'm trying to do my part. And yet there are sometimes even in my own head where I say, you know what, I can reach a degree or I can reach a level and I want to go further. But there's this thing called prudence that says, all right, well, but be careful in how you say it or be careful in what you say. And so I don't, I don't want anybody to ever think that I don't care about people or that I don't care about people whose lives are mixed up because my life is mixed up. And, and I, I, always, I always try to resort to the fact that God has been so patient with me and he sees my flaws and my sins and yet still works with me and still tries to help me. So I want to be there to help others. And so posting something like this, this pithy little meme, posting it, I just expected that, you know, the few followers that like it will like it, that they'll hear that, yeah, it's important that we need to take up our cross. Jesus wasn't kidding. The reactions of some, though, were more surprising and, and unforeseen by me. I did not expect it. But here's, here's the crux of what I'm seeing. And this, this is coming from people that, some, some people that I saw comment that I know to be very strong believers. They're very, very strong Catholics. They're not these willy-nilly, you know, those, these, these internet trolls that'll just come to annoy you or try to tear you down or, or, or anything like that. These are good Catholics, which just demonstrates to me that the attack sometimes comes from within. They have been so effective at this form of torture, at this browbeating, at this indoctrination, that what's ending up happening today, unfortunately, the scary thing is that what's ending up happening today is people inside the church buy these things. Jesus never said, be true to yourself. Well, he may, 
not disagree with the sentence, nowhere, you can comb the scriptures, you're not going to find these sentences. Just be a good person. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, don't sin. He says, turn away from sin, repent, reform your lives. But he never says, oh, just be a good person. Don't worry about it. Oh, everybody goes to heaven. Everything is good. Don't, yeah, don't worry about it. No, he never said those things. But yet some people in their comments basically say, well, you know, all right, well, maybe it's not in Scripture. He didn't say that, but I believe he did. Okay, but he didn't. <laughs> if, if the disciples that wrote the, the Gospels thought it were important, they probably would have included it or at least some semblance or resemblance that he said something along those lines. No, he didn't say those things because being a disciple of Jesus Christ is demanding. Anybody who truly reads the Gospels know that Jesus demanded a lot of his closest followers. Jesus himself even says that taking up your cross and following him is not going to be easy, that he's come to create divisions. That there are so many references in the scriptures that Jesus makes it clear that that's to be the case. And yet, a lot of his followers today are Maybe they're just unaware or they don't realize just how indoctrinated they've been, how often that they've been so abused that they don't even realize at this point that they're buying into this madness of the secular culture. Anyhow, getting back to, to some of the comments, it, it's almost people saying, I know what Jesus is thinking. I know what his thoughts are. I know what he really meant. I know, and therefore I'm going to say that this is what Jesus would have said if he wanted to, he could have said it. One person, oh, I, I have to admit, one person just recently did leave a comment asking me not to make people feel bad about themselves. It's not helping us. God just loves us. Love is the demanding part of discipleship. And so to this person, I say to you clearly, yeah, God loves us, but love doesn't mean do whatever you want. There's no parent that I've ever met that loves their child enough to say, I don't care what you do with your life, I love you. No, they would be the first to say, there are certain behaviors that are destructive and that are unacceptable. There are certain things that you just can't do. And God is the same way. God loves us too much to just leave us mired in sin. First off, I don't know, I hope you recognize that when you live in sin, there is no joy in your life. When you're wrapped up in pornography, when you're wrapped up in drugs and alcohol, when you're abused or abusive, when you're doing these things, there's not, there's, there's not joy in that. And yet you could live in the most abject poverty. You could have the most difficult things. But if you have Jesus Christ and if you embraced your cross, there is joy. One of the examples I often use, and, and, I, and I think it's a great example, look into the eyes of St. Mother Teresa. She was living with the poorest of the poor. She walked away from a cushy, comfortable convent to go out into the streets of Calcutta to care and love for people. That, my dear brothers and sisters, was real love. That's divine, godly love. She walked out, gave up everything, and yet you look into her eyes and there's joy, there's a peace, there's a contentment there. We think that we're going to be able to get through this world and we think that we're going to be able to satisfy ourselves by just being good and nice and you know, all dogs go to heaven and you know, yet that's not the case. We've got to stop trying to force our thoughts upon the Bible. We have to pick up the Bible and read it. 
Jesus didn't say those things, and don't try to ascribe them to him. Rather, try to find out what he said, what his followers remembered him saying, what they told us through the scriptures that he actually said, that we can then therefore live the way he calls us to live. I know it sounds crazy for me to say, give up your own will and accept the will of God. And once you do that, then you will find joy. Then you will find peace. And no matter what the situation around you, no matter what the circumstances are, trust me when I say this, no matter what they are, you will feel the truth welling up within you. And that truth will bring you true peace in your soul. No, we can't, we can't tell God what to think. No, we can't reform God in our own image. No, we can't seem to try to say that, you know, well, even though Jesus didn't say it, he really wanted to and he just, you know, nobody just remembered that he said it. No, there are things that Jesus didn't say. So when you take things like listen to your heart, well, I'm going to say listen to your conscience. Listen to your heart to me means follow your emotions. And I always say don't let emotions make decisions. Follow your conscience, a well-formed conscience, which means, oh, you've filled yourself with the knowledge of God. And you understand the will of God. Be true to yourself. Again, that's one of those little pithy statements that be true to yourself. I have to be true to my love. I have to be true to the one who created me. I have to be true to the one, the other person that is sitting with me. Trust your gut. I, I always like that one. Trust your gut. You know what? My gut has been wrong a lot. I trusted my gut. And I, you know, there are people who trust their gut and they end up in jail. There are people who trust their gut and end up you know, killing somebody or hurting somebody. No, I trust in God. I trust in his wisdom. And I always keep informing myself of that wisdom. Feel good about who you are. I, I'm comfortable in my own skin, but I, I can only feel good about who I am if I am in God. See, if I go against that, that's what creates the dissonance in our souls. And that's what makes us uncomfortable. That's what makes us, you know, go crazy. And not everything is always going to be a good feeling. Sometimes there are difficult things that we experience, and yet that's good for us. Those difficult moments. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross. Happiness is what matters. Now, in a worldly kind of a way, that usually translates to pleasure. What makes you feel good must be good for you, and we know that that's not true. Happiness is that abiding sense of joy of knowing God and being in God. And so I will say this much. Happiness is important, but happiness has to be understood in a theological context, which is so much greater than pleasure, so much more powerful than just good vibes and feelings. So all of this power of positivity notwithstanding, we need to be challenged to pick up our cross. And the last one, of course, that they want is just be a good person. If we have no definition of the good, which in secular society, they're constructing the good. John Dewey himself said that we have to construct the good because it doesn't exist. Well, then what is a good person? What is the definition of a good person? Again, great pithy little secular proverbs that are not completely helpful, but yet pick up the Gospels. Go read Matthew's, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, chapters 5 through 7. And Jesus at one point is saying, cut off hands, pluck out eyes, do all these other things. That is what makes good. A clean heart, a pure heart, a person who desires God, 
who are poor in spirit. I, I can go through all of the Beatitudes. I think you know them well enough. So here, my dear brothers, is my, my encouragement for you today. Read the Bible and only take the pithy statements that you find in the Bible. Take the words of Jesus and just get to know them without the interference of the secular culture. Purge yourself of all of that. Step away from the world. Step away from the craziness. And just for a moment, for just one moment, divorce yourself from this culture and embrace Jesus Christ and his will alone. And then I can assure you, you will find peace in the eternal kingdom. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. It's coming up on the end of Advent. And I know that a lot of you out there, you're, you're getting ready. You're doing the preparations. But don't forget in the midst of all of your buying and all of your wrapping and parties, don't forget that Christmas is about preparing for the coming of Christ in glory. And when he comes in glory, there'll be no excuses. There'll be no little cute little quotes that you can say, this is what you really thought, Jesus. We're going to be measured on what he actually said. And so I, I thank you for your attention, and I thank you for tuning into this podcast. And if you could, and if you like some of the things that you hear, you can follow this podcast on whatever podcast platform you tend to get your podcasts. Um, please share, please like things, whatever, wherever you're finding this. Um, help get this into a stronger position to reach more people, and I can't do that without your help. So I thank you for your prayers. Please pray for me. I keep praying for you. But do your part, too, by making sure that the good news spreads, that the good news is made available, especially to those secular people in our world who are trying to hijack our teaching, our verbs, and our way. Don't be tortured any longer. Be free and set free by Jesus Christ himself. And so I sign off today by saying to you, know that you are loved, and that love comes with a price the price of taking up your cross. And may Almighty God now bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless until next week.